One of my favorite things to do in odd moments is to look at headlines. Because headlines sort of put you in the mindset of the editor and what they're thinking and how they might sum up the day's news. Sometimes headlines can be maddening. Sometimes they can be amusing. Sometimes they can be confusing. But there was one this week that caught my eye, particularly in light of today's Gospel reading. And it was a headline for an obscure story that came out of Iceland. The story was about a tour bus there. And they pulled up to a stop and everybody got off to refresh themselves. And one of the passengers went into the bathroom and she redid her makeup and her hair. And she emerged and nobody recognized her. And so the word went out that one of the passengers had gone missing. The only problem was she didn't realize she was the one who had gone missing. And so the headline read, Woman unwittingly joins search for herself. <laughs> Which I thought was a perfect summation of baptism. Think about that for a minute. Many of us were baptized as infants, and isn't it true that we unwittingly joined a search for our true selves in that moment? Even those of us who were baptized at an age where we can remember our baptism may say, if we reflect on it long enough, we did join a search unwittingly for ourselves. We have just come through a season where we have reflected on the words of angels and the nativity story. And we have reflected on the accounts in the Gospels which anchor Jesus' divinity in these promises that are laid down even before he is born. We even went into the Gospel of John, which pushes it all the way back, completely retells the creation story that we hear out of Genesis today with Christ at the center, at the very beginning. But Mark does away with all of that. He cuts it all away. Because he wants to focus on the beginning at the baptism in the River Jordan. That's where he starts the story. There are no angels singing. There are no stories about Mary and Joseph. There are no stories about Jesus growing up in Nazareth or the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. There aren't even primordial stories, although Mark, in his usual pithy manner, drops hints. And surely his audience would have known what he was getting at when he has John and Jesus together at the Jordan, that boundary for the ancient Israelites. People would have recollected the stories deep in their tradition about the ancient Israelites coming out of Egypt, wandering in the wilderness, and then coming right up to the Jordan, the boundary of the Promised Land and stopping there and pausing and reflecting and arguing and talking about whether or not they were willing to take on this covenant, this covenant that God had invited them into 
before they crossed over. But even more than that, the scholar Alexander Shia reminds us that the turbulent waters of the Jordan are an exact reflection of the turbulent waters of that timeless void before creation at the beginning of Genesis. Mark wants us to understand that Jesus' baptism is a completely new creation. And more than that, Mark wants us to understand that our baptism is exactly the same thing. It is as though in baptism we go into a place and we come out so changed that people don't even recognize that it's us anymore. We are joined in an unwitting search for our true selves in that moment. We are left to imagine what Jesus was seeking when he went to the Jordan River. Or what John imagined would happen when Jesus would at last appear, when the Messiah would finally emerge from those turbulent waters. Jesus, Mark will tell us, will be driven out into the wilderness beyond the Jordan right after this. He is drawn into that unwitting search, if you will, immediately. And it is a spooky time for him because the old Jesus, the one who was probably a carpenter in Nazareth, who had grown up with family and friends and a familiar community, is in a profound sense no more. This is a new creation, something new altogether. And it is a creation that the world cannot quite wrap its head around. It is the new creation that we are as a Christian people. Mark makes no bones. Baptism is the beginning of this great journey. And it involves a radical break with everything that comes before it. Now, by now, the world has studied Christianity, has compared Christianity, has looked at Christianity, understands it from a scholarly point of view and an intellectual point of view, maybe comprehends some of the theological perspectives and can compare and contrast them with other traditions. But at the end of the day, the world does not get what happens in baptism. Because fundamentally, the journey of baptism is a language that the world cannot understand because it is no longer the language about power or transactional relationship or economics or politics as the world would have them. It is the language of something radically new that is always breaking in. Sometimes under threat, 
sometimes fragile, sometimes as, as dim as a candle burning in the wind, but yet it is there and it persists. It is the new creation. What Jesus will come to call the kingdom of God. Something that the world can never quite recognize. But I get a little ahead of myself. And a little bit ahead of today's gospel. Because the most profound thing that happens is at the end of this gospel reading. Remember, Mark has done very little to set Jesus up, except to put a few words in the mouth of John the Baptist about who is coming. Jesus has done nothing when he rises up out of the Jordan River, except show up. He hasn't even uttered a word. And yet when he rises up in a place that is most unusual in all of the Christian writings of Scripture, God speaks directly to him. You are my child, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. It is a step further from the God of Genesis who creates all things and calls it good. Here God calls the new creation beloved, intimately connected, yearned for, promised, inspired. And perhaps Mark wants us to realize that in each of our baptisms, that is precisely what God said to us. Without us earning a thing, without us transacting anything other than showing up. And it is perhaps our most profound and unwitting search that we spend our mortal life figuring out what it means to be beloved, simply beloved, full stop, no conditions, and how that language is so profoundly different from the language of the world, and how that might transform us if we join in that unwitting search for our true selves. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace.
We hope to greet you in person very soon.